It's Friday. We broke a four-day losing streak in the S&Ps. We're still down pretty good for the week. We settled about 90 handles higher last Friday, if you guys remember that. Little short covering here. I have the PPI number. How's that going to shake things up at 8.30? That We should have some fun with that. A lot of earnings to cover. Some good, some not so good. We'll talk about those. Frank Holmes coming on at 8.30 to talk about the Jets, ETF, Bitcoin, gold. Frank covers it all. And we got a special segment for you today. Uh, one triple D. Uh, spent some time preparing for you. And I really think you guys are going to like this one. So here it is, Friday. Mitch, let's get things going. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, traders, investors, what are we dealing with here at 8.01 on this Friday morning? The second Friday of the month, right? So we have the uh, Quad Witch next Friday. We're up 23 and a half handles. Spent a little bit of time below the close, right? The close was 66.75. Pre-market high, 89.50. Folks, if we do go into rocket ship mode on the upside... Don't ask me for resistance because there's not much in there. I think overall for the day, I close over 4,000. To me, would make me happy. Get back that psychological number. Uh, the buck, that's down 14.6 cents at 104.61. TLT flat at 109.15. Crude trying to remain in the 70 handle, up 39 cents at 71.85. Gold, China. You know, I talked about gold making 1,800 support. 1800.10, that's your low. You're up 1220 at 1830.70. Silver, that's up uh, 11.4 cents at 23.36. And Bitcoin futures, they're up 80 bucks. We're over 17K now at 17,265. And uh, we're going to bring in Triple D and Mitch. And uh, how you guys doing on this? Uh, this Friday morning. I don't know. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. I'm in a good mood. I, I don't have a toothache and I don't have a cold. Oh, let's hit him. Hit him. Hit him. Hit him, Joel. And I'm not on mute. Look at him. He, he still doesn't oh, he's know. He's still on mute. He still doesn't know what's going on. What's, what's going, going on, on Dennis? Dennis? Mute. Uh, he's mute, muted. my friend. Something wrong. Something wrong with Dennis. I can, can you see not the hear mute. Us? Can you unmute him? Yeah, I'm muted. Holy. <laughs> Holy. I'm talking the whole time. Holy is wow, right. I pulled a Joel. <laughs> I'm getting old. It's the, it's the, I'm going to blame the cold and the toothache for it, but that was ridiculous. I'm talking oh. like, why can't you hear me? I'm talking louder. Why can't you hear me? Meanwhile, I'm the idiot. Yes, it's true. No worries. It happens to the best of us. Let's <laughs> just say it. that. PPI, what time? 
830. We're waiting. We're 20, 4, 24 minutes away from market moving information. So we're going to yes. hold off all our opinions until then. Well, probably not. Well, uh, so everything will just change then, Dennis. That's how it is. It's being flexible. That's what that's it's how all it works. about. You got to be flexible. We'll see what this number comes in. It's not as important as CPI next week, but it is important. Something the Fed yes. looks at. It's something investors look at. Something traders look at. So we'll get ready. We're ready. I'll go wide. Anyways, right. let's get this started. What's up? Let's go. Let's do. Uh, should we go high, short interest, or Activision? <laughs> do you want to start with the segment, or do you want to start with uh, earnings? You go let, wherever you want to go. Let, let, let's do some earnings, and then we'll go into the segment okay. as we get more traders to join us. Want to give them the opportunity to not miss the important segment of the day, right? So let's get towards some action that's going on. Of course, uh, one of the major news that hit yesterday, really towards the end of the day, was that Activision. Right, dipping on the FTC suing to block Microsoft's 69 billion acquisition yeah. and setting an August 23 hearing date. How does this affect Microsoft and Activision? And is there any opportunities here? Um, there is obviously opportunities, but the one thing the hearing is until like August. So I mean, you're just gonna sit here. And we're going to wait because if you go to the Benzinga Pro, I believe they said it's set for August, the hearing. So we're a long ways yeah. out here. Where is it? Go on, go on your pro. Yeah, I have it right there. August 23. You're waiting another nine months before we're going to get, you know, even, you know, the hearing. So, I mean, the one problem is it's the time value of money. You're sitting in here waiting for your 95 bucks. Well, you know, another nine months here. So time value of money is an issue. So that's worth two or three dollars, probably three bucks at least on Activision Blizzard. So I mean you're sitting around a long time. I don't know who's gonna win. All I know is, you know, we've had, you know, we've kind of been beat up pretty good. I think if the deal didn't go through at this moment in time, I think Activision's a sixty dollar stock. I think if it did go through it's ninety five. We don't have any clarity until August, it doesn't look like so is it going to be one day in August? Is it going to be one day in August? I mean, is it going to be two weeks in August? Three weeks? I mean, these trials are just, Either way. you know, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a long, long ways. ways away. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to sit around for the next nine months and wait? You know, I don't know. I think there's other things to trade. But I think as a dips, I think the dips get bought because, hey, we're not going to get, I don't think we're getting any, you know, clarity here for a long time on this. So the dips probably get bought and the reps probably get sold and probably just hangs out at this price for a long time. So I don't think there's any hurry to like, yeah, let's get in this. You know, we're going to find out. doesn't sound like we're finding out anytime soon. Yesterday's dip got bought because, hey, we're not going to find out that they, you know, don't get the deal done anytime soon. It doesn't sound like either. Mm -hmm. So it's not surprising when it, you know, gets hit from 75 to 73. Everybody knew the FTC was going to challenge us. Yeah, this is not. Oh, you know, the algorithms are stupid. The news algorithm, they hit down $2. Oh, my God. The FTC? Oh my god, nobody saw this coming. No, nobody saw this coming. Meanwhile, everybody, every human being knew. So the human beings came in, the smart people, and actually bought the dip. Yeah, earlier this week. Right, earlier this week, Microsoft gave Sony an ability to keep like games like Call of Duty, right? For the specific reason, right? I think Microsoft has been really truly trying to get ahead of this hearing date, and they already probably knew that it was coming. They've been getting ready. They're going to have their way to go ahead and battle back the FTC. Um, they were giving Sony some ability to get those games so that they will be on both consoles. 
So it's going to be a battle. We'll wait to find out in Activision. Any technicals, Joel? And we'll move forward. Uh, I'm not, I mean, you know what your risk-reward ratio yeah. is? We've set that up before, and that dip, you know, the news already came out, so you're not going to be able to evaluate. I just want to address uh, one question in the chat here, Ben yeah. Emerson, about the S&Ps uh, gapping up to 4,000 yesterday. Well, I did a pretty – can you pull up – you can't pull up – we have – you have no futures on your charts, right? Uh, no futures we, on we, my charts. We gotta, I mean, you can't have charts in a pre-market prep show without futures. But anyways, we rolled over the contract. And I've gone over this concept 100 times. So basically what happened, and Triple D, I want to ask you about this. We went from the December contract to the March contract. And Dennis, there's some premium in there. There's some nice premium in there. Right, when is money. the last time we've seen a premium like that? Well, it's That's typically even been a discount because a the discount. dividend yield because the dividend yield is higher than the risk-free rate, but that's no longer the case. So you actually do see a premium back to really normalized markets. You know, from yeah. when we started up rate trading, when interest rates were five, six, seven percent back twenty years ago. But you know, the discount is just calculated looking at the risk-free rate minus the dividend yield. So I mean, when you've got you know the risk-free rate that's actually higher, there's going to be a premium in it. So that's the bottom line is that now, you know, the risk free rates higher than the dividend yield, you're seeing a premium on these rolls. It's a little bullish, too, because there is a substantial premium in here. I mean, besides the other factors that you talked about. Um, so I just want to address that. Uh, we had the early rollover. They caught me again. Uh, but next Friday is quad witch. So uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to address that question. For yeah. Ben. Not a okay. good question. question to address. Let's go to Lulu. Uh, Lulu Athletic uh, coming in here. Uh, Q3 EPS two dollars, beating the one dollar and ninety six cent estimate. Sales at one point eight six billion, beat the one point eight one billion estimate. Lulu sees Q4 twenty two revenue at two point six uh, billion and two point six five five billion on the high end versus that two point six five billion estimate. Sees fiscal year twenty two revenue at seven point nine four, a high end of seven point nine nine versus a 7.96 billion estimate lulu of course one of the favorites in this area but high pe right is this what hit IPE it here stocks out of favor that's all i'm going to say i'll be right back i just got somebody at the door here just delivering something so just hang on no worries no all worries right. bullish on the ups bullish on the fedex that's what i think we could take from that uh indicator if he's getting a delivery right now but of course lulu joel you know all about the Lulu, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. I got. I'm, I've stacked up <laughs> on some Lulu over the last couple of years. I like their stuff, you know. I had, but I haven't been there recently, so that's maybe the reason for the dip. Mm -hmm. uh, mm, like boy, you said, oh high PE. Just to give the PE that's out there, right? Right now, forward looking is at 32 overall here at 43. If you look at industry averaging in this area, you'll see that it's 15 and 17, right? Well, PE of 32, much higher than that 15, right? In the industry average. One way that you can at least just look at it and understand that, yeah, high PE here. You know what? I'm going to look at, I'm going to kind of throw out the pre-march in action here. Cause it, you know, you dipped under, you know, almost to 330. I'm looking at this gap up that you had in November and you gapped up from the 340 area. So I think if I you know, was trying to bring a short in or one that tapped along just on a daily basis here, I look at that 340 area support. You can see after you had that initial crazy uh, first bar 
um, over, uh, you had a couple lows right under 340. So that's what I'd be looking at. Um, on the downside, let's call it a range 338 to 340. Um, and if you want to look for a gap fill, and these stocks do do gap fills on days like this. And that's just reaching the, you know, the lower end of the previous day's range. Uh, that might be a little bit harder because uh, that's way up at 368.44. Um, use uh, very minor resistance. 355 has been your recovery high. So if you're looking for a big day here or a target on an early long, looking at 355. Another question that came up in the chat. What is quad witch? Well, we use quad witch. We use triple witch. Uh, but it's just uh, simultaneous exp expirations of four different instruments. And it's the stock index futures, single stock futures, which are not important, uh, regular stocks, and then uh, uh, stock indexes. And the single stocks futures are, I mean, they're, they're hardly traded. I think we've had one or two guests that played it. And it, more important than that, it, it's a lot, a lot of times a very volatile day in the market. Also turning points in the market, a lot of options ex expiring and a lot of, a lot of rollover. Um, and we could go back another segment and look how they've been some major turning points. But that is an explanation on that one. And I gave you the levels in Lulu. Let's uh, let's do a good one. Let's do a company that had good earnings next. Uh, good earnings. Hey, left, so. All right, let's do that. Let's go to Broadcom. Uh, Broadcom's Q4 e EPS here, AVGO. You guys can check it out. Broadcom Q4 EPS at $10.45 beat the $10.28 estimate. Sales at $8.93 billion beat the $8.90 billion estimate. Broadcom raising their quarterly dividend from $4.10 a share to $4.60 a share. Uh, they do see Q4 sales, uh, Q1 sales, $8.9 billion versus $8.79 billion estimates. So, raising that Q1 sales outlook. The PE trade works again. And what do I mean by that is AVGO low PE, Lululemon high PE. Obviously, you know, maybe we're just about, are you seeing it more often than not? That the low PE stocks get rewarded, the high PE stocks do not. So this market wants cash now. That's the trend that continues here. Those are the stocks you need to be in. Not saying you chase something up $21. I'd never chase. But if you were putting it on before the earnings and saying, you know what? Just no-brainer trade. I'm going to short the high P stock and buy the low P stock and take them through earnings. You made a lot of money. So, I mean, this is just the theme. I'm buying low P and on P on dips and I'm selling high P on rips. This is the opposite, though. You got a high P stock dipping and a low PE stock ripping. So I'm not looking at the trade here. But keep that in mind. Opposite, trading opposite low PE stocks continue to be rewarded. Um, the only thing I could give you on the upside, and the only reason I'm giving you that, is it looks like it's bid up here. It's right near the pre-market high. Uh, if I had some options or looking at I I see if I could get something off at 460 uh, the reason being 460.56 uh, was your high back in August. So that's not too long ago. Uh, that's a long ways away, but they start to be, you know, runners. Never know where they can go. Um, another one would be on the down. That's the only target on the upside. As far as like, if this took out 550 on the downside, I mean, where are you going to go? The top of yesterday's range is real at, uh, at 532. So can't really give you... Um, uh, a good support here, but uh, I could see resistance 560 58. 
Yeah, on this one, I just like the monthly to keep it simple, right? Like that yeah. monthly chart is nice. Plus a $550 stock. I mean. Yeah, and it gives you an ability if you're looking at that monthly to get around some of that, right? And so looking for deeper support test. I love it. Let's go. Let's get towards the next one. Uh, this is one that I want to hear from Joel. What about DocuSign? Hmm. Interesting, interesting stock. This does not fit the script of low PE, but again, the stock has just been murdered. So DocuSign's ticker again? Uh, uh, Docu, right? Yeah. yeah. Stock's been murdered. Yeah. So one thing to consider is Lululemon was up into the earnings too. This was not up into the earnings. This was sitting at the lows, basically. The lows of... I don't know how far back you want to go, but basically near all-time lows because stock came out all-time low on this $35.43. It's been absolutely murdered. So expectations come into play, too. We're always juggling balls. You know, one thing, you know, you try to put the ducks in a row. You got low P that's a little bit hot. High P is not. But then you got a stock that's really beat up. So it's like, well, is this the high P stock that I really want to be shorting? The thing's down 85 or 90% of the highs. <laughs> so, I mean, expectations are just in the gutter. So it's not surprising it's a little relief pop. I think relief pops are to be sold on the stock. Again, PPIs coming out uh, 11 minutes. Maybe things change. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's timing to market, Dennis. Uh, you did sneak over 50 bucks in the pre-market. So I call that the after-hours market. So uh, good juicy target on here would be 5150 but I'll just do a little reset because we pulled back to 4851 I'm gonna you know I, I'll be you know I'd be cognizant of that pre-market high but you had a high high uh, to go down 4980 excuse me 4960 and you're below that that's a buck ten away. So, you know, the rally continues. You know, it's up near that psychological $50 level. I would keep an eye on that. And then things do open up to the pre-market high. Once again, you know, the stock on a pullback, you know, I'm a cheapie. I, you know, the, the bottom or the top of yesterday's range is 44.40. And I really can't see any good uh, support uh, developing in the pre-market. Do you want to do the segment? Because I don't care. Yeah, about let's yeah do that's segment. exactly we're, what we're I want. We got Costco. So we just sum it up. Costco reported. They hit it, but it's already was hit in the report. Yeah. So they bounced it back a little bit there. Um, yeah, RH was there. choppy. Chewy, whatever. Who cares? We can do those later, Dennis. We'll do those later. We don't even care. Let's All right, to let's segment. get towards the high short interest. This is going to be a, our a special intro for Dennis's shirt segment, squeezes. right? I, I need to, right? Let, let me. Look. I love let me, me a good short here, squeeze. Right? Yeah, oh, I need one. I need. I'm gonna make one for these special segments. But so, let's go ahead. Let's get towards it. I'm gonna also bring up a picture here so that you guys can see exactly where we're pulling from. Yeah. Highshortinterest.com. We'll give them a little bit of a shout out today. Yeah, we'll give them a shout out there. Benson yeah, why not? Right? as well. It's a great uh, site to, you know, that sums up what the high short interest. I don't know how often they update it, but I go there. It's just simple. It's a quick site to go to. So it's a nice job for them putting together the site. The biggest problem is most of the people who are using this site are using it backwards, that they look at the high short interest and they think, oh, this stock's going to go up because it's got a high short interest. I want to prove a point here. I'm going to prove it by going through the list that's currently on the site. Most of these high short interest stocks are terrible companies that are struggling. And most of these high short interest stocks have actually been the worst performers. The worst, not the best, the worst. So if you go into this list and trying to time the short squeeze, just know 
like 90, 95% of the time, these things are going down, it seems like, and not up. But let's just go look at the list, bring up a big chart here. You can see the list. So let's go through. We're going to go through the, the, the first 10 here. We'll go through the charts. So bring up a, a, a weekly chart so we can get a really good weekly? feel for it there, okay. Mitch. Gotcha, we'll go to the first friend. one, Bed Bath & Beyond. We all know what this chart's going to look like before we even look at it. But go out to the weeklies and take a look at the chart. It's a fun one. Um, how far? You're, you're out a little bit too far, maybe. Can we go out weeklies? Far? That's monthlies. Do you want like to do 18 one months. year? Can you do 18 months? Yeah, I can do. I can go as far back as you'd go like. Go 18 here. months this... on all these. We'll just set it up. Okay, so you can see the clear trend, not your friends. So looking for those short squeezes, there's been a few of them in there. So, you know, props. If you get the timing just right, there's been a few of them. But overall terrible stock to own next carvana oh my goodness there's been some vicious short squeezes in there stocks had some wicked hundred percent rallies here you don't have to keep going back to the list just stay so we'll just yeah yeah right i'll just doing it so that they, we're gonna they fly through it. It. so i see carvana same story stock near the lows beyond meat number three on the list bynd oh is this a good one i don't think so same Ooh. story oh stock in the gutter tarot companies that are struggling have high short interest they have high short interest for a reason because these companies are not doing very well. And you know what? The shorts usually end up being right in the long run. And in this case, the shorts won. Sorry, folks. The shorts won here in the long run and beyond me. MSTR. Oh, there we go. Bitcoin play. Love oh, Bitcoin good plays. one. Good one. 13.30 at the highs. We're at 200 bucks right now. Ugly, ugly, ugly chart. Upstart. We like to call it downstart on this show. Was a high three hundred and eighty dollars upstart, and now it is sitting there at seventeen. So again, down ninety five percent for your short squeeze. Ninety five percent, you know, from the highs. Nicola, Nicola, ninety three dollars at the high. It's two bucks now. Um, that's awesome. We know Man, the this Nicola one goes story. back even further. <laughs> yeah, EVGO. Here's one I don't follow, but same story. Twenty four dollars a high. Twenty twenty one. It's five bucks right down near the lows. So that one follows the theme as well. We haven't found a good one yet. W, Wayfair. Oh, my gosh, Wayfair. What a disaster. $350 <laughs> to 36 bucks. It's down 90% from the highs. It's the same story. If you're sitting around for a short squeeze, you might get it in a day or two. But overall, these stocks tend to go down because you know what? Those shorts are pretty smart. BLNK, Blink Charging, $60 at the high. It's 13 bucks now. We just went through the list, you know, right from the top, short interest all the way down. All these stories, same thing. I haven't found one that's near the highs. There's, you can say, oh, the market's down, though. Well, you know, there's a lot of stocks near the highs. We've talked about value stocks. We've talked about, you know, the deer is making new all-time highs. We've talked about the energy stocks. We've talked about, the, you know, the utilities, the banks, you know, different you know, the banks have come down. But there's a lot of stocks that are not near 52-week lows. All these stocks have one thing in common. They're all near 52-week lows still. And they're down significantly from the highs. IBRX, I do not follow this one. High 2021, $45. It's 6 bucks. Ooh, great short squeezes in that one. Oh, here's a good one. FUV. High. $736. It's 4 bucks. That's down 99.5% from the all-time high. You ain't getting your money back on that one. Man, I wanted soon. to try one of these out before they disappear. I want I want an RC Moto. Unbelievable. I never heard of that one. You never heard of them? They're like they're like little like go-karts, I would call them. Oh, it's like a, a motorcycle, but like kind of a little safer, right? Some of the retailers have held up. Maybe this one held up. Big lots. Big lots. I've told you that when I think of big lots, they clean up the stores too much. But oh no, it's the same story again. Stock $70 to $17. That high short interest really working well for the longs. 
SWTX, just going through the list further, 96 to 24. We're going to keep flying here, Mitch, because we got the PPI coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Dennis, you get the point. I want to throw something at you. Workhorse. I want to throw something fun at for you. A while. From go the ahead, chat. Go ahead, Joel. Can you explain how a high short interest destroys a company and makes access to capital difficult, share offerings not as effective? No, it's all nonsense. I, you know what I destroys companies? Bad management. That's what destroys companies. It's not the shorts. The shorts make this, the companies efficient. It's not the shorts that cause these stocks to go down. It was the management of the companies. You think Nikola is two bucks because of the shorts? Nikola is two bucks because they were fraud pushing a truck down a hill. Now they're trying to clean it up. But I mean, you've got so many issues with these companies. That's the biggest policy on the street that shorts are the reason these stocks are down. It's not the reason these stocks are down. They were just betting on the stocks going down. The reason these stocks are going down is because they're poorly run companies. With poor earnings. With poor, with no earnings, most of it. With no earnings. They're losing money. Cash burning, zombie companies, junk. So Where's what I'm trying stock? to say, bottom line point, because the PPI is coming. If you're looking to high short interest stocks is what I want to invest in, you are doing it backwards. Backwards. So I'm not Boom. saying short all these things. There's vicious moves. But I'm saying don't invest in this stuff. Don't go, you know, if you want to time a short squeeze and you're really good at timing, I've done it in the past. Maybe you can catch one. Don't get stuck holding the bag, though, because in the long run, a lot of these high short interest names go lower. There's your lesson of the day. Boom. Lesson of the day. Brought right. to you by my and Dennis, man. And then also, you, you do play. I mean, I, you, you know, there's on rare occasions, you know, where you see different things in the market. And I think this is what's, you know, made you so, so successful over the years is that, you know, you kind of, you every once in a while, maybe three, four, five times over the last couple of years, you're like, okay, it's time to buy this crap. And then you buy it and then you are so nervous and then it Can't gets that it pop and you Don't get out too early. You get out too early. Um, but then it's not too early. If you sell something at 15, it goes to 40 and then it comes back to five. Then you're not too early then. So it, it's an art. Um, if you're good at it, I think what the main point Dennis is trying to emphasize is, is like, if this is your core strategy, if this is what you're oh, looking gosh. at it on a daily basis, then get a new job. If this is your core strategy. Or if you know you're what? following people Terrible. on Twitter that Terrible are purporting strategy. these kind of strategies. Unfollow all like... the people who just tweet about short interest and we're going to short squeezes. Unfollow all those people. That's my opinion. Short squeezes. You know is. who gets squeezed in the shorts? The longs. We've warned about this stuff and warned about this stuff. I think, and you know, people, you know, still want to believe that, yep, this is going to really squeeze them. This is going to GME, you know, this is going to AMC. Even in the long run, GME and AMC really didn't work out that well. AMC, obviously not. GME is trying to hold on a bit, but it's still down 75 or 80 percent from the highs. So it's one that's held up okay. But I mean, in the long run, these bad companies go lower. So yeah, okay, good. I got one minute. I got to go. Right, yeah, go ahead. Gonna move. Get out of here. Get out of here, here, Dennis. Get out of here. All right, we got PPI coming up, guys. In just about a minute, I'm going to give those headline uh, the estimates right now. Uh, PPI is going to be coming out month over month. November estimate is 0.2 increase prior 0.2. Uh, PPI year over year estimate at 7.2 prior at 8. So this is where we're expecting to see a down action come towards 7.2. Let's see what we get. Do we get higher than 7.2, closer to 8? Or lower than 7.2, and 
that's what we're going to be looking for here. Of course, you can also be looking for core PPI. Um, core PPI estimate is also 0.2. That can get a little bit confusing. So make sure that you're looking at what it is. It's core or is it regular PPI? Breaking here? news. Breaking news. November PPI. Uh, let's see here. Uh, kind of tight. We haven't moved out of the 3980 handle yet. Have not moved out of it yet. Ooh. Oh, that algo jumpers. 0. Ah. 0.3 versus 0. 0.2. Uh, PPI mm. month over month, November 0. 0.3 versus 0. 0.2. Year over year at 7.4 versus 7.2. So coming in a little bit hotter than the estimate there for the year over year number. Core P PPI year over year at 6.2. Estimate there was 5.9. So definitely hotter there. That's not going to help the markets as we're seeing a little bit of a downturn here. Watch out, team. We're starting to come down a little bit. Yep, a bit hot, a bit hot. Uh, so everyone leaning long into that uh, report is getting tagged here. So what now what our focus is going to be, 3930 uh, is the current low. See if we can get a bounce there. You didn't even didn't get much of a head fake up. What we're going to focus on here. For the rest of the day, and I'm not going to give you the um, uh, the intraday lows. What I'm just going to give you is the true lows in the S&Ps. And this is for the week. This is my key. 39.14 was Wednesday's low. 39.16 was Thursday's low. Also, you go back to November, you had a low at 39.12.50. So that is your absolute lack of Gibraltar support. If we take out that level... We are in for a doozy of a Friday. Please keep an eye on that. I don't even have a level below that. Um, on the, we bounced off 39.30. So buy the dippers have come into this market as we speak. We'll see what they can do. Now your number on your upside, even for all your individual stocks, will be your closing price, right? The closing price in the S&Ps is 66.75. We are still 27 handles away from that. So hotter number than expected. They've hit it. We're in the red. We've turned it from green to major yeah. red. Let's see if we can hold the lows for the week or Santa Claus will be not be coming to town. What do you got for me, man? I, I think he still could come to town. But uh, remember, what do we got next week? FOMC Ooh, meeting. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. It's CPI. And CPI, right? And this is the first data point that's probably not agreeing with the downturn, right? I mean, we got maybe the jobs numbers, right? That haven't really been the best for the markets. But one thing that we've been talking about is numbers supporting the outlook for, of course, a slowing down of the interest rates. I don't think this number was one of those. We'll have to wait and see now for CPI, but PPI definitely not showing here that we're going to be slowing down in a faster manner, right? I think this is going to go ahead and support Everybody that's kind of starting to be in the camp that we could be holding these higher interest rates for longer. Let's see what happens now. Does the SPY take out those lows? We'll see what happens. Joel gave you some levels definitely to keep an eye out, and we'll be watching to see what happens there. We are starting to get a little bit of a slowdown. The last two or two-minute candles or one-minute candles going sideways here. We'll see if we come back. Take out the low uh, right now, 392.75 in the pre-market mm -hmm. action. We'll see if we take that out. Right. All right. And, let's get. Um, let's go to. I mean, what are we looking at, though? 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're looking. What are the the propose? You know, the uh, the the tenets of this, right? Demand goods, demand trade services, demand transportation, warehousing services. I mean, you know, it, it it's a bad number, right? But you know, these things. I don't know how to judge these. Final demand construction, overall final demand. I mean, the CPI is a little bit um, uh, a little bit harder to uh, read. This is. Uh, the domestic prices of goods and services. I mean, I think it's a bad number. I just don't think it's like one of those whopper numbers. Like, oh man, mm-hmm. you know, this is an absolutely, you know, horrible, like 0.5. I don't know. See, as of right now, as we speak right now, the market is giving it a little bit of a break. Uh, actually, we've had a 60 point range so far. Right. And you know how I love my 50% retracements. So we've already, we, we broke 60 handles. We've already gained 30 back. And you know what? They're gunning, they're gunning for unchanged on the upside here. And that's 66.75. The bulls are trying to get us back green here. Uh, so that is a, a quick synopsis. Uh, 39.30. I wish I had something there for you, but there was nothing. I had no daily level there. Uh, let's uh, mix. Let's just run down some of the stocks here and what's moving, what's not moving. Um, I don't see a whole lot uh, uh, in the uh, in the banks. The Bank America and uh, J.P. Morgan went in opposite uh, directions yesterday. Uh, J, you know, uh, they're both basically flat, so not a big worry on the banks as far as uh, this number goes. Um, still UNH green. I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff is, uh, just basically flat. I see Microsoft, your top component in the S and P is up, uh, a few, a few cents, uh, didn't do much to Lululemon that had earnings, um, gold still getting a pop here. So I don't know. I, I will have to get uh triple D when he comes on to see what the reaction is here on stocks. But, uh, Try to get back to unchanged, 66.75, and then I gave you guys uh, my important levels on the downside. Do we uh, do we have Fe- uh, Frank in the background yet? Of course we got Frank in the background. He's been checking out the numbers, Polly, just the way that we have. Uh, let's go ahead. We're going to go get out of uh, the PPI numbers and bring on Frank Holmes right now and take my charts down. We'll leave those numbers down there rolling for you guys to go ahead and talk about it in the chat. Let's get towards our interview today. All right, Frank Holmes here. This is what I always love when a lot of people have a a nice long title here. Executive Chairman, Hive Blockchain, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of U.S. Global Investors. And I think we're going to have to add some more to that, Frank. I'm sure you'll be working on that this year coming up. How are we doing today, Frank? It's good to have you on. Ho, ho, ho. Bad news is good news. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. You're bringing in Santa Claus for us. I like the background. It looks great. Where are you at, Frank? Man, that looks awesome. That's in my backyard. Oh, you see? We're, festive. Green and red. Uh, I see your technical analysis all green and red. And I try to add to the color of it all. Hey, love it. Love it. Let's get right towards it. What do you got for us, Joel? Uh, I guess, uh, Frank, uh, you know, let's just start with the Bitcoin. Uh, you know, Hive is uh, your company. I mean, you've seen up and downs in industries. You've seen 
disasters. You've seen long-term capital management. You've seen the housing crisis, uh, all these different things. Um, just can you, can you, I mean, this is a, a big hit for the industry. Bitcoin has got hit on it, uh, but, you know, seems to be crawling back. Uh, just give us your, your top-down view on uh, all the shenanigans and the future implications for Bitcoin. You know, it, it's um, it's interesting in many ways because a lot of the money that, that went into back into these high-yielding securities, which they try to say are not securities, uh, the Celsius of the world, it, it's a lot of people that make money in crypto. Uh, it's almost like they function in their own monopoly money world. Uh, and, and the big mistake was reaching out into our world and taking cash and, and offering huge returns. Uh, and that will have its ramifications. But what's interesting is that the contagion is not like the contagion of the SNL crisis, which impacted everything, all real estate. It's sort of a, a, a contained implosion. Um, it doesn't mean it's not going to stop with regulations going after these characters. Uh, but Hive itself, how it's positioned, is that we are proof of work. We we make a digital asset called Bitcoin, and we used to make Ethereum when it was a digital asset. The other coins are called proof of stake, and there is a big push by regulatory arms of Michael Saylor's, etc., that proof of stake are securities, and they should be registered securities, and there's a high correlation to this meltdown in crypto with proof of stake coins. So I think it'll unfold this way, but Hive itself uh, is, is lots of liquidity. We never put up our coins to go and earn big yields, never took that because we didn't have the safety. My old school of understanding capital markets, I didn't feel safe on those yields, so I never put my money up for that. Uh, we were criticized, but now we're not. We also turned around and we wouldn't go and borrow at predatory rates of 12 to 18%. That's what guys were born to buy these ASIC machines. We never borrowed. We sold our Ethereum, we made a lot of money, and we increased our exahash. Uh, we are also the first to do balancing the grid in Sweden, that we get paid as a standby for balancing the grid, uh, be able to sell back energy into the system. Uh, we are also recycling electricity in Montreal to heat one building is 40,000 square foot mining building to heat a 200,000 square foot building from the same energy molecules. That's where they make whirlpools. Uh, so we are feeling very comfortable in this position because um, we do not have a lot of impaired liquidity that a lot of the other crypto miners have. Did you have any interaction with uh, with SBF or, you know, because I look at it, I mean, and he, he got some pretty big names in there, right? Uh, to invest in the company, you know, people that, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for uh, that are, you know, very well-known investors. And like just a couple months ago, uh, I believe uh, Scarmucci, uh, you know, did a big investment. I mean, Number one, have you ever, uh, you know, ever have any acting, uh, interactions with uh, SBF and, and FTX? And I mean, I mean, from a sounds like you did your due diligence uh, for your your customers and your companies. How how could this thing just get to the point where all of a sudden there's fifteen billion dollars gone overnight? I mean, I don't I don't understand. Well, it, it's they had this proof of stake coin, their own coin, 
they create it for a couple of million dollars and then they do electronic trading around the world and say all of a sudden now washing the tape it's worth two billion and they say well all of a sudden now this is my equity base what i've characterized a lot of these these people such as, as fx uh, and um, also Celsius, is they're called shadow banks. And they function like they're a bank, but they have no governance. They have no capital base. And so it's just a matter of time that if they're leveraged 101, like long-term capital was in 97, 98 era, 1% uh, mistake, if you're leveraged 100, 100 times, a 1% mistake wipes out your capital. And these guys were all leveraged 100 to one. Uh, and then more significant is uh, Sam Bankman fried everyone. Uh, basically, he, he, he was just such a fraud. Um, he, he would, you would buy Bitcoin through him, which we never did. I don't have an account there. Uh, and he would give you a trade, but he never bought it. So in that whole implosion, it was basically his capital base was not someone's Bitcoin so much as it was his phony coins. And I think that's going to, you know, continue to unwind. Um, uh, and the real sensitive part is how much money he's given to political parties. Uh, he's given to both. Uh, but in particular, he himself has been directed towards the Democrat Party. And numbers venture around from 37 million in the midterms to 70 million. So this has become a political football. Um, and, and so it's, it's very disheartening because they're all related to each other. Uh, all this counter boring. So the, the contagion is within itself and it is impacting Bitcoin. But I think Bitcoin comes out of this like it did in 2018 going into 20, much stronger, uh, much more decentralized. More people have taken their Bitcoin off of any exchange and put it into their segregated wallet. Uh, yes. and, and I think that that is a very positive long term. Get rid of these characters, come up with regulations. The former mm -hmm. head of the SEC went after these tokens that were basically selling securities, uh, which they're, they're going after Ripple over. I think all this stuff gets cleansed here and, and the crypto industry becomes much stronger and better. I like that you're looking at this, Frank, in an optimistic outlook. Um, of course, there's a lot of uncertainty that has been created now in the cryptocurrency space. How do we get some certainty here? Is it just regulatory actions that we need? I think regulatory actions and, and going after bad characters, uh, uh, making these proof of stake, uh, which has basically now become proof of scam coins and tokens. Uh, yeah. If you go back to 2018 bear market, uh, a lot of those uh, tokens they call, you know, shit tokens and shit coins and uh, excuse my words on your streamer yeah. uh, system, but they, they're all proof of stake coins and there's mm -hmm. no governance on that. Whereas proof of, proof of work, there's a strong internal mechanism of corporate governance. Uh, and so I, I think that this will make, like this last cycle, uh, they went after the bad characters, it's come out stronger. Now we have these new leveraged shadow banks. They'll all get wiped out and the industry will come back stronger. Uh, and because this concept on the proof of blockchain, it's not going away. Uh, the mm -hmm. concept is not going away. NFTs aren't going away. They will slow down and everyone follows Bitcoin. It's like kids playing soccer or little kids playing hockey. They all follow the puck or they all follow the ball. So right now, if Bitcoin is up 
uh, and you have bad news, it doesn't matter. The crypto mining stocks are up. You have good news and Bitcoin is down and your stock is down. So everything is following Bitcoin right now. And I think it'll come out because of its internal mechanism as a digital asset. And the algorithm is like a piece of Mozart's 21st symphony or, or the Mona Lisa. It's an incredible piece of art. Uh, it, it will survive and to thrive another day. All right, Frank, one of the questions that I have for you and you're in the space so you kind of see what's developing out of this. Of course, I think this is going to be the big time where we actually build utility. Right. And I think that that was one of the words that came out of this last wave. What utility can really be created from cryptocurrency? Because a lot of people ask, of well, course, this goes more into blockchain technology. But where? We're doing this in La Chute in Montreal. We're doing it right now, showing how a hydroelectricity molecule makes money, Bitcoin mining, and then goes and heats another building. Uh, we have seen this in Amsterdam. Uh, where they use liquid, a coolant system, but they heat huge water tanks that heat, heat uh, nine football fields of greenhouse that are making chili peppers. Uh, we are basically building this concept out 100 miles south of, south of the Arctic Circle in northern Sweden, where it started out with 9,000 square feet. Now it could be 90,000 square foot greenhouse facility, and we will be able to take our electricity and recycle it to heat and there will be no carbon footprint of produce coming from Spain and from Italy all the way up to northern uh, Sweden. It'll all be homegrown. Uh, this concept of vertical farming is going to grow. And, and we know that we can help balance the grid with, because 30% of all electricity is wasted. But when it's not going to be wasted, it'll be used to be Bitcoin mining. Otherwise, it'll help the community or it's going to be doing greenhouse uh, farming. All right, Frank, let's move on. Uh, we're on the line with uh, Frank Holmes. Uh, he's a familiar guest to our show, and uh, he has many talents here. And one of those was uh, create, uh, creating the Jets, uh, ETF, uh, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, so here we are with interest rates going up. Many people, we're going into recession. This is it. Powell's killing the market. He wants the market down. And you have, I saw this quote, I don't know if you heard it from the um, from United Airlines CEO. He said, if I didn't watch CNBC, I wouldn't know the word recession. So what's going on in the airline? Is this just a false, uh, a false hope? Um, is this the result of, you know, coming out of the pandemic? Uh, prices are not cheap. Believe me, I've booked some flights. What? What is uh, the, the, the path, the flight path for the airlines and the Jets ETF? Well, one of the you know, bad news is good news. One of the biggest inflation points has been airline price of tickets. Uh, and that's a, that's a challenge when, we, when you want to fly from Detroit down to Florida. Those ticket prices are up a lot. But it's helped the airlines that are now turned profitable. Uh, so that's the sort of positive part. But what's interesting to me is that Jets is a wonderful leading indicator because when Jets was at the ultimate low, it was forecasting that in six months it's going to be bad. And then as it started to rise, it was forecasting and it went from $11 all the way up to $28. Um, and then we started seeing rising interest rates and it sold off from $28 down to the $15 range. Uh, and then it's had a bounce back up to the $18. And it's coming off here with the inverted yield curve. 
I think it's just become a wonderful leading indicator of where the economy is going to be. And I think the, the, when we look at historical, the inversion of the yield curve, for your listeners, the, the differ, differential between a 10-year yield and a two-year yield, it's going to levels like 1981. And that means that the worst is be almost behind us in the stock market because the stock market and jets is a leading indicator. The economy could get uh, worse in the next six months, but that's going to turn. So I remain more optimistic. And what we see is just lots of trading uh, with oil prices. Now, oil prices are falling. That's great for the airlines. Uh, it's also really helpful for pricing of tickets. So I, I think that the airlines industry as a whole is, is, is going to remain robust. Do you have any favorites or do you just like, because you have the ETF, you kind of like to, to stick with, uh, you know, that, that, I mean, I'm Delta airlines, of course, being in the Detroit area, I've just had some great, uh, great service. And I mean, the flights have been a little more expensive. Do you, do you have a favorite in the, in the group? Well, the favorites come in if you're a real trader. And I think a lot of your listeners are traders. Uh, okay. American Airlines and Allegiant are, are unhedged. So if oil prices are rising, they take it on the chin more. And if oil prices okay. are falling, they have expanding profit margins. So those airlines outperform. Uh, whereas the most sophisticated hedge book for managing energy prices is Southwest Airlines. Uh, strategically, Delta owns a refinery. So you're seeing they're all different. But if you're an oil trader, then it's American Airlines is, is the game to play because it has huge leverage of falling oil prices that the stock can have a three to one move uh, to the S&P 500. All right. Before we let you go, Frank, uh, gold, you're a big gold follower. What a move in gold. I've been holding on to some GLD and GDX forever. I watch it go up and down. Uh, is this finally, is gold, I mean, it was supposed to be inflation head. We have this inflation. Gold didn't go to 2,000, 2,500, 3,000. Uh, what's your outlook? I mean, we got a bid here. looks like we're going to get another close of 1,800. But how many times have we seen just a rug pull here? Uh, what are your prospects for gold uh, moving forward? Well, it's a, it's a great question because it's hard to believe. But this century, uh, 22 years, uh, Gold has been positive 80% of the time. I mean, that's a hard data point, but it's done a phenomenal job. And that's why Ray Dalys of the world use it as his par parity trading as a hedge going from 10 to 20% owning gold. Uh, so I don't think gold as an asset class is gone. I think it's a very significant asset class. And, uh, and I think that we see Bank of International Settlements this week say there's $80 trillion of pension problems. Uh, there's another 80 trillion that's a big fat number and and uh the u.s is going to bail out some other pensions for 36 billion this is money printing and so gold will always be an important part and let's take a look at central banks china uh all of a sudden comes out of out of nowhere and buys 32 tons central banks this year bought 400 tons there's been redemptions out of the gld there's been pressure in the futures market but physical demand of Gold and silver coins is through the roof. So there, there, the idea of buying this uh, non-centralized asset, gold and silver coins, remains very strong with consumers all over the world. And then the big institutional trade of central banks continue to buy. 
Uh, I think that that hedging at the futures market is short term. And when gold takes off, it'll be four thousand dollars. When you look at the ratio of money supply and printing, uh, if we look at previous cycles. So I remain very bullish. And the other last fact is, you know, we have GoAU, which is our smart beta gold uh, ETF, uh, which recalibrates every quarter. It's done its job of outperforming the junior mining stocks. And in 60% of the stocks in that portfolio have high free cash flow. Unlike in 2011 cycle, they didn't have a, a big, excuse me, big percentage had high free cash flow. So this is a very strong industry that rising gold prices will all of a sudden that will show up in every quant model of high torque in revenue and earnings and EBITDA. Well, couldn't say it better. And uh, just for the chat, I know they wanted to do it. I love gold. Yes, we do. We love a little gold. I think Frank loves a little gold too. So have a good one, Frank. Good to have you on. Frank, ho, Holmes, ho, executive ho. chairman. Hi. Thanks, have Frank. a great holidays. Happy holidays. We'll see if Santa Claus is coming, but I don't think he'll be missing Frank's house. Have a good one, Frank. All right, let's get back towards the market action. How are we looking, Joel? We're, uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, we had the dip. The dip was bought, but the rip is is muted here. Uh, and it's just above mid-range on the session here. And I, we've already traded through 39.45 quite a few times so that's not a super number but that's what that's what I'll be looking at here uh 3945 really no relevant number there I don't know if the high and the day are in because that would only be a 60 point range uh the market de- definitely did not get the number that they wanted uh they were leaning the wrong way into it at least you know from the short term basis over the last couple days uh but I mean, you know, it's just the dip that did that dip this morning came up at this point well ahead of the lows for the week. So seeing some positive and some negatives, uh, I'd be a heck of a lot more positive if we could get over 66.75 and that close and pretty much no chance for closing higher on the week, which is no big deal because we know the with uh, seasonality. Uh, last Friday's close in the S&Ps, it's probably good to look at your stocks too, just to look at them from a the basis because that's the highest that uh, a lot of these stocks have been since we made that 3,500 low. And uh, last uh, last week, uh, let's see, today's, last week we closed up in the 4,000 handle at 4,075.50. So quite a ways from that. Wow. Dennis, you're back. 20 minutes. I am back. That was an intense 20 minutes, obviously. Rug pull from all the bulls. Um, we have bounced off the lows. I mean, that was a significant 50 handle sell-off, Joel. We, it was. we lost 50 handles on that on that one candle in the top left, if you're just looking at it. 50 handles basically in about 10 minutes. We've bounced back. We're, we're off about 20 off the lows here now. So a little bounce back, but I don't know what to say. I mean, you're still in this yo-yo market. Where you just got to be taking the yeah, gains yeah. when you got them, fading, buying dips, selling rips. I mean, we just like broken record around here, but that's the trading that's working. Investing is not working. Swing trading isn't working because you're not getting the follow through. Certain stocks, maybe, but what has really worked well is just short term scalping and, you know, taking the quick three, four, five percent gains, moving on, buying the dips and shorting the reps. I mean, that's just what is working. It worked again here today. You're selling that you rip see, this morning. Uh, any, yeah, and again, it yeah. took some guts to sell it ahead of it, but. 
What Did you see you anything that was a little, you know, that like little had a little bit more of a bid than you thought? Because well, uh, well, I am seeing oil. Oil is very strong. So just sneaky. They probably aren't talking about it yet because nobody's realized it. But oil is very strong here. So oil stocks again. I see that gravitation towards, um, you know, the low PE. But if you look here this morning, oil stocks dipped initially. Mm-hmm. If you go even to like the XLE uh, niche, if you want to show the initial gotcha. dip. Did yeah, dip, got that. bought. XOP, dip, got bought. So, I mean, I they're buying the same stuff on the dips. They're coming into the value. Um, again, it's like a broken record. You know, you got to look at the low P stuff on dips. That's what they're buying. All right, let we can keep going through some headlines out there. We got still lots to talk about. Of course, Chad, if you got something on your radar, throw it up. Let's keep going. Let's get towards here. Bath and Body Works. Um, that's BBWI. Uh, this is one that Joel still has uh, from his split in the Lucky Brand days. Uh, but Bath Body Works stock like, rising. L Brands, Lucky Brands is uh, Lucky oh, smokes. Look, that that there smoke. you go. Well, it, it, I mean, you might need it for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bath Body Works stock rising after third point raising its activist stake here. Uh, they now have six percent mm. stake in the company, according to the filing. Um, that what they're saying is that they're demanding some changes in the company, and that's why they went up towards the 6% there uh, to kind of push. What do you feel about this stock? What's the, what's the PE on this puppy? Again, I'll we're going simple right Simon Market, so just grab the PE and it'll give me a different viewpoint. I don't know what the PE is on this. I don't follow the company low enough. I Forward think it's 10.9, 11, yeah, slow. pretty much. It's low. Yeah. It's low. It's low. It's low. So wow, not stock. I'm not Ooh. selling again. This is the simple Simon market. Selling high P on strength, buying low P on weakness. We're getting strength here, but you get a little pullback with BBWI. You get an activist stake. The P is okay. I think it's the kind of stock you do buy on weakness, but we're getting strength in it. So I'd rather, you know, get a little pullback and then nibble in. But I like it. I wish someone would have asked about this stock a couple of days ago when it went to 42, 42, 42, 42, 42, like mm-hmm. five, six days in a row. So someone backed up the truck there. Uh, we've, ah, man, we've traded a little bit of volume, not a ton of volume in the um, in the pre-market, these activist stakes. Uh, so, all right, going up to 46. Okay, come on now. That's a little bit ridiculous. If you see the pre-market high at 46.16, you're buying up there. You're doing it wrong. I'm just going to go for a reset here. You pull back. I'm going to forget about that high uh, from uh, uh, last Friday. And I'm going to focus on this uh, this high that you had just three days ago at 44.23. Definitely got some room up to that area. You take that up, then go look to your next daily high at 44.87. But I do not think you're going back to that pre-market high of over $46. But, hey, in this wacky market, anything can happen. On a pullback, the top of yesterday's range, if you want to get a sneaky buy in there, you might get that. That was at 43.57, your previous day's high, 43.56. And um, we closed yesterday, not really reflective of the market. So that's a look at uh, BBWI. You got USO, you got the oil coming down here now. Amazing, you know, like you go and, you know, there's a rip and then, you know, <laughs> now it's just pulling around and turn it down too. It must be some news that just came on USO because you are seeing, um, you know, significantly come off here now. There's always so, news in oil. There's <laughs> there always is. news. There is always news in oil. It's true. 
Uh, looks like I see at 8.53, Russian President Putin, Russia may cut its output as a part of the oil cap response. Yeah. yeah. Boom, there boom. you go. Wait. Always something going on. Yeah. Uh, it's tough out there. Uh, that's what we got to keep going with and dealing. Uh, there is some more this headlines, headlines out there. just constant. This is the headline-driven mm-hmm. market. So, so I want to run through ready. some of these and then really quickly just to make sure that we touched it at least. Uh, Netflix is spiking higher off of a Wells Fargo upgrade. Oh, gosh. I sold that too soon. To 400 um, So if you're seeing why Netflix is spiking there, that's that upgrades from Wells Fargo. Um, and then also I did see some copper futures moving higher. Unfortunately, I got to pay for my, uh, futures charts so that we can start bringing that in here. Um, but Goldman Sachs predicting copper prices could reach a record high of 11,000 in the coming year. So companies that could benefit off of that, I'd look at SCCO, Southern Copper Corp, maybe FCX, right? So take a look at those stocks. We'll see if they can continue to run. You can see on that bottom right, Freeport has been trying to get through on kind of the last monthly high. Uh, when November's monthly high is 39.80, right? 39.94. Maybe it holds that on the pullback. We'll see what happens there in copper. Hey, Mitch, just then- let me throw in. Uh, I got to hop here, but I just want to throw yeah. in just one quick comment here. Uh, few Netflix. Yeah, for those Netflix traders up there, mm-hmm. um, you know how we, you know, sometimes these upgrades are, you know, Sometimes pretty good fading opportunities. Well, this one, this giving you a really good setup. Uh, you've you've talked out in the pre-market over 320 on a couple different occasions on your shorter term charts. And then you had three pesky highs right in that same area. Um, yeah, well, they're not exactly. They're actually a little bit higher. I'd say if the bulls really want to run with this one today, they got to get it up to 322. Uh, 322.77 was the high. 324.41. We'll use that. That's the high close of the move. See if they can improve off that. Off the upgrade. All right, Dennis. Uh, that's great. I, sold, uh, I know you guys are just flying through here. We didn't get a chance to time it on any of these. I sold my Netflix yesterday, so I obviously sold a day early. Um, reason I sold Netflix is the P expansion. It went from I bought when I bought more. Bought too soon, obviously, the first time. Did the double down. We know around 175 in my wife's RSP account. And brought my cost basis down significantly with that. Um, the reason I bought it was just because the P had come down to 16. P is now 27. So just because the stocks run too far. So multiple expansion here makes me want to sell it. So I'm a day ahead of Wells Fargo upgrade. Don't know what they're looking at. I'm looking at something completely different. I sold it yesterday. Day too Whoa. early. I'll tell you what I'll be looking at. I'm still looking for it to fill the gap, daily gap. Low on that Tuesday of April 19th was 333.22. Look where we're at, 319. Can we get up there? I think we can maybe make a quick run, touch that and start pulling back. So that's when I'm going to be looking for it. I've been looking for that Netflix fill for a while. We'll see if we get all the way up there towards that gap fill. Um, All right, last one I'll just leave off with. Maybe you got a couple of comments, Dennis, uh, TSM. Uh, TSM definitely put out their November revenue total at 222.71 billion. Uh, this was a 50.2% year over year rise. And it looks like they'll be uh, able to, at least from what it seems like, able to hit that fourth quarter guidance between 19.9 billion and 20.7. What do you it's feel about cheap TSM? Stock. It just has the headline risk, which I don't know with China. Obviously, we should have maybe been ignoring that. And, you know, it's 60 to 80. It's been a good move here. Buffett's in it mm-hmm. here now. 
chips are cheap enough, like we've been talking about the chips, that they're starting to become value trades. So I think, I don't know what the Taiwan Semiconductor, what is like 14, 15 times earnings here, Mitch? Yeah, it's, it's pretty low. It's I'm not expensive. Yeah, it's not expensive. It's yeah, cyclical. 14, 14. Yeah, it's cyclical. So if you go into recession, it'll suffer. I'm not buying it probably for that reason, but chips mm-hmm. on pullbacks are probably not a bad buy. Yeah, I'll point out the level that it keeps bouncing around, around the 78, 70 level, 79 level. That's where the support seems to be really held right now. Um, I think this is actually on the daily level. If I was just <clears throat> looking at the daily, not thinking about the story, right? Because I think that that's what Dennis and I keep in mind uh, is some longer term outlook. But just as a trader in the intraday today, it does look like it has a nice little setup to come back through some highs. Levels that I'd be looking for sure is Thursday's high of 83.63. Get above that, we could maybe break out of this sideways range. Like always, sideways range doesn't really give us much. Uh, we're just going to look to see if it breaks from the top side of this range or the bottom side. We'll see what happens. Dennis, like always, my friend, you do what you Thanks, do man. best. That was a Enjoy. pretty crazy number. That was a big sell-off 50 handle. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously, I left for 20 minutes there. We had Frank, though. I knew Frank the tank was on, so I knew you guys were good. Hey, appreciate you, Dennis. You have a good yeah. one. Have a great weekend. Feel better, my friend. Thank you. All right, we're going to go ahead and keep going right here on Benzinga. You guys don't got to go anywhere. We got a long day for you guys like always. So stay tuned, team. I'm going to keep pushing. Um, looks like we're not going to have a uh, all access till 1010 or 1015. So uh, just stick around. Go do some trading if you guys like. You know what? I, I can stay for a couple more minutes, team. I'll tell you what. I'm going to look at how many likes we have. And if we can get to 600 likes, I'll stick around. I know that we're probably not there right now. So if you're listening in, team, and you want me to stick around and check out some more stocks for you guys and not just leave us, well, you're going to have to hit that like button. The reason I'm coming off is that I'm going to be taking about half a day today to be studying for my CMT exam. You guys know CMT exam tomorrow. Got to get after it. Got to get towards the level two. Let's go. You guys want to see some technicals? Smash that like button. Let's see where we're at on the like game. Right now, we're at 300. We need 300 more. And trust me, there's over 1,100 of you guys in here. So we could definitely get to that number. You, I'll give you guys a, at least till 910 to get there towards 600. If you guys want to keep me for a little bit. But let's go ahead. Let's take a look at what we're going to be looking at into the market here. Appreciate the love. Definitely for the good luck out there, going to keep pushing. And that's why I'm also taking a little bit of time, like always. Always very important to up our skills, right? Because when we up our skills, we can help others around us, not just only ourselves. That's why I'm taking the CMT. And I think it's going to be a great thing for us going into next year as I go into level three, hopefully, right? We'll keep battling. But like always, team, we'll keep pushing. Did you pass level one? Of course, Patrick. You don't remember? Did pretty good on it. Don't worry about it. We got to always be up in our skills. I want you guys to get to the next level. All right, let's take a look here. What do we got at 384? Oh, we need more likes, team. Get it up there. The goal is 600. There's only one way to up that skill. And like always, right? I, I mean, you, you guys know th- this is some good stuff that I've been learning in the CMT. I'll scroll through some of this stuff so you can take a look at my study guide here. Um, you know, understanding chart methods, right? Uh, going through and understanding different indicators, right? A lot of people don't use an ADX. Look up what an ADX is. It's really awesome. 
Um, we've gone through some of these for our live trading show. We've talked about this multiple times. We've gone through some patterns. We also went through an understanding of different outlooks. What's really a pullback? What's a throwback? That's also something always fun to check out. But it, it's a lot of information, right? I mean, look look at this study guide. This is 156 pages of information, team. And that's why we try to do this, right? We try to learn from our uh, abilities, try to get towards that next level, look for patterns like this, and try to uh, really develop trading strategies from here, right? I mean, that's what it's really all about. And I really love the CMT. I love the way they go about it. And they even get into some theory uh, conversations towards the end. So like always, guys, you guys can check out the CMT Association or you guys can check out a CMT that we have, right? We do have the trading schools that can help you guys learn and you guys can get towards our trading school. We have our own CMT, a part of our trading school where you guys can learn a lot of what he learned from getting a CMT. All right, let's get towards the action. Let's get towards what we're looking at right now. Let's go through the sectors first. Healthcare is going to be my top area to watch today. Why am I looking at this? Well, overall sector outlook, right? Look at this. Look how we've come down here. Now we're really starting to trend up. We're actually far away from the 50 and the 200 day. And look what's happening here, guys. What is this called when the 50 day crosses back above the 200 day? Well, the 50 day crossing back above the 200 day is the golden, the golden cross, we're going to call it, right? A lot of people always talk about the death cross, which happened here, right? When the 50 cross on the downside to the, and now we're getting that reversal flip. This shows us a little bit more strength going forward, right? So keep watch to see what happens there. And we're going to go ahead and keep pushing to the next level. We'll see what happens there in healthcare. Does this cross over? And which areas or industries are the strongest looking ones? Well, medical devices definitely getting off the ground. That's not the strongest one, I would say, but doesn't look too bad, right? And so you can see here, we've had some good moves. Medical instruments trying to get off. Those are lagging. What are some of the leaders? Some of the leaders are going to be the drug manufacturer majors. These have really taken off. Look at this. Look at this industry outlook. Look where we're at now. We're really pushing in those stocks. Stocks have been doing really well. Someone just mentioned CVS. That would be part of the healthcare plans, right? Look how this is actually in kind of what we would call a channel, right? You can draw this as a channel and you can be looking for pullbacks, right? Pullbacks can give you that opportunity to go ahead and get in near the support on some of these and push towards the high. Like recently, we were down here on this support during uh, November kind of 18th week. And you can take a look. When were these stocks on that week? That was when CVS was on the support. And now it's come back towards the resistance. This is just like the way you guys can be catching these moves, right? Around the 18th, right? That was, that was right here. When we were down here on UNH, look where we're at now. Well, a lot of that is using leader laggards, understanding rotation, and then jumping on to this. Intermarket analysis is a good way to take your steps, uh, to take a step to the next level. All right, CAA, uh, Cardinal Health, I see you being mentioned in the chat. Definitely, look, that's medical distribution, continuing stronger. Um, MCK in that area, ABC, we'll see if those can continue pushing. That's medical distribution. You guys can see here that industry also on the breakout. So want to always understand where your companies are, what sector, what industry. Is it making an industry-wide move, a sector-wide move? And it looks like healthcare has definitely been the area to watch. 
technology starting to make its way back can start getting strong, right? But at the same time, we've had little pushes up, but we've also had pullbacks. We got to be careful, I think, with technology stocks because that's really where we're going to see a lot of these high valuations. Of course, there is some that make sense here, but there's some that don't. And I think you got to be careful in an industry like technology. All right, catching up with Chad out there. I see you guys throwing up. I see you guys throwing up some tickers. We're only at 428, team. I tried to keep us going. You guys got to hit the like. There's 889 of you guys. There's no reason why we can't reach 600 likes here. Uh, we had Frank Holmes. You guys got a lot of outlook from Dennis Dick. Levels from Joe Alconan. Do us a favor. These likes, they don't cost you a single cent. What it's all about is showing us the feedback that you guys appreciate us and want us sticking around, right? That's what it's all about, team. It's not that you know we're, we're making money from your likes. It's more along... It shows us that you guys want us to stay on and not get out of here. All right, there's 452. I'm going to give it one more minute. I said 910. I gave you guys five extra minutes to get it to 600. 455. We need, what, 145 more here. Can we get it, team? Hit the like button. Let's go. All right, uh, I'll, even, I'll even throw up the little image here. Smash it up, team. Smash, smash. Let's go. All right, as we get towards the open, I'll take one or two stocks because I do see some people that probably have smashed the like. Disney on a lot of people's radars. We'll see what happens there. I thought Disney could get the lift with Netflix, but it did not get the lift with Netflix. But there's a couple lows to watch today to maybe see if they hold. Yesterday's low, 91.67. The close here or down towards this level is where I'd watch, kind of like that 92 area. We don't want to see that break. 91.98 is low here. If it can hold 92, maybe you get a little bounce back towards 94 and 95. Do I think it's going back towards 100 right now? I wouldn't lean too far into that, even though I thought it could move with Netflix. Netflix has been moving up. Disney has not been getting that same lift. I wish I could do 20 likes, says Angelina. I wish you could too also. Uh, I do see some Amazon mentions in the chat. I was able to nail Amazon yesterday. Uh, so Amazon uh, was a nice little move towards the upside yesterday. Uh, we'll see what happens today, right? I don't think it's making that big of a uh, good outlook right now. Let's go towards the 15 minute. Uh, I have this. I hate I hate when you get these like kind of misprints. This misprint is messing up the chart right now. Um, and that's just part of of data right sometimes you get these misprints we'll see what happens right now apple is coming down with that number did the spy just take a hard downturn let's take a look here yeah uh spies just hanging out right now i don't think this is gonna for me i personally don't feel so bullish today going into the open why it's not necessarily that you know i don't think we can go up but my thing is i think these numbers just kind of killed that recent little rally that we saw but we'll have to wait towards the uh, open here. What about the Avatar movie, says Angelina? Well, the Avatar movie comes out on December 16th. My birthday is December 18th. Send me some love. That's coming up. I can't wait for my birthday. Keep going. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. I'm going to be definitely checking out Avatar movie next week. But that's next week, not this week. Uh, XLV is healthcare ETF, love trading index and sectors ETF. I can't blame you, Lawrence. One thing that I would tell you about the XLV and uh, at least the spider ETFs, I personally, personally, this is my opinion, and a lot of people love the spiders, but I don't like them. And why you see me going through my sectors with my indexes that I have from TC2000 is because they're not weighted. 
So a lot of these spider ETFs, they're weighted and they're weighted into a certain stock higher than the rest. And I think that this actually kind of, it, it gives the outlook in the ETFs a little bit better than what it seems like. And a lot of times I don't like the charts, the way they set up for me. I'm looking for unweighted. I want equally weighted uh, index to show me where the stocks are moving overall, not just the leader, but overall, where's the breath taking us? All right. What's up out there? What would we do without Mitch? Honestly, I mean, just do a lot more digging. That's probably what it'd be, Sydney. Doesn't mean that you guys can't do the same thing that I do, but I just try to make it easier for you guys. That's what it's all about. If I can bring you information, give you some advantage, some edge, that's what I'm here for, team. All right, uh, Tesla being brought up in the chat. I gave you guys a couple extra minutes. It's 5.08 on the likes. I'm sorry, team. Looks like I'm going to have to get out of here. We didn't hit the like goal. And like always, we're all about our goals, right? And if we don't hit our goals, what do we need to do? We need to always get better. That's what it's about here. Like always, team, we'll see what happens into the market. We'll see if we're able to get that money. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Have a great one. I'm wrapping up here. We'll see you guys at At The Close. Don't miss it today, 3.30. I'll see you guys on At The Close. I'm going to take a little break. Go get towards my studying action. Tesla, the last thing I'll give on Tesla is just watch out for me. I've been looking to see if we cut through that 167.43. Of course, that's the split price high from the 2020 area. So if you want to take a look at that, you can go ahead and do so. Definitely smash the like. We'll see you next time. Hit the like. And definitely, we'll see you a little bit later today at 3.30. I'll be with Joel Alconin. I'm going to go get some studying in. And like always, tell myself, Mitch, study, study, not trade, because I know I'm going to be wanting to trade. That's just how it always is, right? Hit the thumbs up, team. We'll see you next time. Keep pushing it right here on Benzinga. Hope you guys have a happy holiday. And we'll see what happens in some of the World Cup action this weekend. England over France? Hmm. Let's find out.